Welcome to the Antioch Ann Arbor podcast. Our desire is to bring freedom and strength to you in your relationship with God, your family, and others. I'm your host, Ted Peabody, Associate Pastor of Antioch Ann Arbor. In each episode, I chat with someone who can give us insight and pass on their wisdom on our selected topic. This episode is focused on what we do when we are lonely. I am joined today by Jordan Ogden. Jordan and his wife, Christy, are the lead pastors of Antioch Ann Arbor. He experienced deep loneliness in his early years and has experienced great freedom with Jesus in this area in his later years. Please stay tuned for this episode. Hi, Jordan. How are you today? Todd, I'm doing well. What's been happening in the Ogden house since the coronavirus lockdown has been um, in effect for the last few weeks? Yeah, well, we've had a lot of time together, which has been great. We've had some some good moments, some challenging moments, but um, all together, we're grateful. Lots of computer sharing going on with the kids schooling and lots of bandwidth of internet being drawn on. So uh, slow, slow go on that, but definitely a first world problem. Yes, definitely. So, hey, Jordan, today we're going to be talking about what to do when we're lonely. Okay. So could you take us into your story um, and just kind of give us a, a, a few minutes of um, your story and how you have experienced loneliness in your life? Yes. Uh, I, I laugh and that's, you know, that's the, the hard laughter when uh, you're talking about something like this that was so challenging, probably the hardest time of my life with what you're talking about, Ted, with loneliness yeah. and primarily the transit two transitions, um, maybe three, but two primarily the transition into high school and then the transition into college. Uh, but I'll, I'll focus mainly on that college transition. Christy will make fun of me often because I reference this so many times about my freshman year of college. But the reason is because it was such a deep place of struggle for me personally. Um, both my in-laws are medical persons and uh, my mother-in-law, I remember coming back home at one point and she just asked me what I would do. And I'd be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing class and trying to exercise. And then pretty much I, uh, I get to the weekend and I try to sleep as much as possible. And she was like, oh, you're depressed which I had never thought uh, of that concept before applying to me. And really, even at that time in my life, didn't uh, talk a lot about something like depression. Right. Yeah, it doesn't come up a lot. No. Um, And, you know, I had always heard this is the best time of your life, you know, the college years. And Christy and I were dating. She was having a great time. A lot of my friends were having a great time as freshmen. And I just wasn't. And I was so uh, bummed out uh, uh, by that. I remember vividly eating in my dorm room um, on it would depress me to go just to go eat because I would be by myself. And I, I mean, I knew a lot of people because I'd heard, you know, join a lot of organizations, be involved. And that's how you that's what you do in college. And so I did that. And so I, I knew a large number of people. I went to a large public university. But um, I didn't have any uh, deep relationships. And so I would find myself time and again, different meals by myself. And finally, I just was like, this is intensifying my loneliness. So I would just get the styrofoam container and I would get my food and I would go onto my concrete floor in my little bitty dorm room and sit on that floor with my spork uh, and eat my food. So that's a little bit of background on my own 
journey with loneliness. So you said that those were, I mean, obviously the hardest times of your life were when you were lonely. Yes. So what made those moments, those, well, it wasn't really a moment. It was months. Yeah. What was it that made that the hardest part of your life? I think part of it was seeing no end in sight. Um, Part of it was the emotional side of, uh, you know, there was a script at least that I grew up with. uh, And it wasn't a spoken script, but it's like, hey, guys, you just kind of um, grin and bear it or you you push through. And I, I understood how to persevere, but I didn't I hadn't figured out how to persevere alone. And where there wasn't, and again, I was in, I had a different Christian meeting or a Bible study or a group to go to every night. It wasn't that I had withdrawn. It was the opposite, (laughs) but it was that I didn't have any um, relationship outside of Christy. And I I was, honestly, I was ashamed to admit and be vulnerable. That's why I have such a high value for vulnerability now is because I didn't, uh, I found that, I did not possess that. And so I was hiding the fact that I wasn't doing well at a time that had been communicated. Hey, this is the best time in life. So those were some of the reasons. So what is one thing that you would say to encourage our listeners? um, Is there sitting right now in a quarantine sort of situation? Some, some people are living alone. Um, but really in life in general, when they would say, you don't understand how lonely I am. Right. What is something that you would say to encourage them? Yeah. I mean, I certainly, I don't, I don't know that I can, uh, with truthfulness say that I do understand fully, but I, I I do get it. Um, I lived alone for an entire year. Um, I had a roommate, but, um, our schedules were exact opposite. He would sleep during the day and I would sleep during the night. And so we never, uh, we never crossed paths. So I was, I was, I was alone. And I would say to not miss the opportunity because here, here's what happened in the midst of that, the, really the hardest time of my life. What happened was I had to learn two things. Number one, how to have a relationship with God. Um, and that, that is what triggered me um, reading the Bible. It's what triggered me uh, memorizing scripture it's because I was all this time and I don't have any friends, uh, you know, deep friendships. Uh, and so combination of God's sovereignty drawing, drawing me to himself and a, you know, what we'd say in Bible language of a wilderness season. So I'd say, mm-hmm. number one, that developing that relationship. And it, it, it really pressured me into getting outside of my introverted self and reaching out to other people to learn how to be an initiator with others. Cause I was not, uh, certainly it was not the case, uh, for me at that time. So I think those were a couple of things that someone that is sitting in quarantine struggling like I did those 20 years ago, um, could do. Jordan, next, I, I would like for you to talk, just talk us through that process of, you said you, you were pushed to have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So how did you find, how did you find God in that time of great loneliness? Well, you know, I get, so I get to college and I find anyone that I know. And that was like three people. 
um, that were from my hometown and they invite me to a party. So that was not my high school experience. I go to this keg party and we're standing around in this barn and I'm looking around and I'm like, please, Lord, uh, you know, not in judgment of other people, but I would, but for me, I was like, this is not life-giving. This is awkward. This is pretentious. This is, oh, this is painful. And I remember just leaving and mm-hmm. being like, okay. <laughs> uh, and I went through um, uh, what they call rush, you know, fraternity stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what my dad had done. And a lot of my friends were doing. And I just thought that's what you did. And again, was just finding, man, this is so forced around something that doesn't seem to be real substantive. And so I made a decision early on, like, I don't know if that's what I want to pursue. And so I think the one of the first steps is deciding, what do you want to pursue? Do you want to pursue um, you know, kind of groups and, and things that are going for around organized around certain values. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to find someone that had a substantive relationship with God and therefore with other people, because I didn't, I really, I'd been invested in, uh, in a very, uh, intentional way in, uh, in high school, but it, it was given to me. And I hadn't learned how to do it in a place of isolation and basically building from scratch. And so I I I would say to my friends who are listening to this, God is very faithful. Um, He's the one that's the initiator. He loves first, uh, but he's available. And it, it, it. he will take the little that we, you know, the, the small turnings of our heart, our attention, our time, and he he really does multiply it. But you have to stick with it. It, it wasn't like mm, September. Yeah. OK, you know, you did this. And now, no, it, it was not like that at all. I don't want to falsely represent it. It was a good year. Um, but something was produced in that, you know, of okay, God is faithful and I don't have to, my emotions. I was, I was emotionally in the pit the entire year. Uh, mm-hmm. Very few times did I ever feel <laughs> like positive emotions. Right. Uh, but now on this side of it, I know how to deal with negative emotions and I know that they are not going to last, that they're not the barometer. They're real, uh, but I, I've got to put more stock in the faithfulness of God um, because that's the testimony that he's produced in my life and uniquely during that time period. So, when you were in that moment, those, those moments of, um, emotional pit. Yes. Uh, depression. Yes. Uh, what was it that got you out of bed on your, on your floor, on, in a chair, wherever you went to spend time with God? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, here's what I did have going for me. I was raised uh, with uh, quite high discipline. And so, that was something in my own formation that I had going for me. Um, and so I recognize that some of our listeners, they'll have that going for them and others are going to have to develop that. Um, and we're all at different places on that. So that just quite honestly, I had that going for me. Um, but it was still a choice, right? It was still a choice to get out of bed. And it was choosing to take uh, a day at a time. I'm a, I'm a future planner person. I remember I would get my, in college, I'd get my planner out. I'd put down every test, every paper that was due and, you know, I'd work ahead and things like that. And I think that what God was doing was 
he was helping me learn to uh, be okay more on a daily basis with him. Mm-hmm. And so it was the choice of having a plan for the day. So having, okay, here are my commitments that I have to. So for many people listening to this, that's okay. I have to get up and I have to go to work. Okay, great. But to be able to make it through and not remain just in the doldrums of depression, I had to give God space and time. And I actually heard a testimony of someone that really inspired me. I was like, okay, well, if they can do that, I can do that. And their thing was uh, the idea of tithing their time during their college years to pursuing the Lord. And at first I was like, I don't know. But then I broke it down. I was like, Oh my gosh, give me a break. <laughs> College so much, you know, especially now it's like, uh, wow. Um, yeah, you got a lot of, a lot of, a lot of margin there. And so it was, it was a conscious decision to say, okay, I'm going to, I'm setting my face. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it perfect. So I gave myself grace. So if I missed um, a morning or if I missed, you know, the amount of time that I had interrupted by something. I I think that was something that helped me also was not being so um, all or nothing in that, uh, in that growing, uh, just giving myself a a process to grow, but all having a process, but also having a daily plan and a regimen of I'm going to get up. And I may feel just like, so, and there were many, honestly, there were more times than than not where I didn't feel like getting out of bed, but I chose to anyway, because I knew I needed to put myself, uh, I just needed to posture myself in any way that I could to get help. (laughs) And I I think that people that listen to me there that can connect and are having trouble getting out of bed, I would just, I would just say to you, Hey, you you do the little part. You get out. You put your feet on the ground. You get over to a desk. You kneel down. Whatever it is that you need to do, get coffee, walk around. You you position yourself, and um, uh, God will do. He'll he let God do what He'll do that you can't do, and then you do the part that He's not going to do for you because He's raising you up as a mature son yeah, or a daughter. Yeah, I really like the idea of, of the tithing of your time to Jesus. That's really great. And I think right now during this um, time when we're we are in such an, uh, an a different moment than normal life, I think it would be a great opportunity for us to to do that right now. You know, to spend to spend time sure. every day um, seeking God's face. I think that would be amazing. Um, so right. one, one practical question for you before we end this segment, what would be one step that you would say a person could take to build discipline in their life? Mm. There was a message that I heard uh, uh, years ago, and it was called The Power of a Focused Life. I want to say it was Mike Bickle. Um, but you know, a lot of messages like that, they get passed down, passed around, whoever, whoever it was, the power of the power of focused life, all it was was a template. Right. And so I would say the one thing a person could do to develop discipline in their life and use this as a season, get a template. In fact, I will find that Ted and I will send it to you and we can link to it, um, for people to build and that, and you know, whether you're high on implementation or not, if you're not high on implementation, you get the template 
and then you get a friend that's a high implementer. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the wisdom of God. I know people that are on the high implementation side and people are on the low. And as long as they partner with someone that's on the other side, um, especially if it, you know it's on the low, I'm, I, if you struggle implementing, you just get someone that's a high implementer that will, that will help you out. And man, you, you have a template, you fill out that template. And all I mean by template is it just kind of breaks it down for you in terms of, um, you know, spiritual life, physical life, relational life, things like that. You can then work that template. And I, I personally like breaking it down because I, I think psychologically people get psyched out of like, oh my gosh, I have to do this for the next 50 years. And I say, no, 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 do this for 21 mm. days and then reevaluate it with a person that's helping you. And that's, that would be my number one tool. Get a template, work the template and do it in a time bound way. So in our last few minutes, um, let's go, let's keep in this practical, this practical side. So you mentioned the tool of the template. Uh, what are some yes. other things that you've used in your life um, for yourself and for others to help them find freedom, comfort in Jesus during times of loneliness and depression? Yeah, uh, I, th- I think there are, I think there are some great resources out there. I'll just speak to what I what I've been exposed to and what has been um, helpful. Uh, it's it, one would be making the choice to stick stick with your uh, the positive habits. So if you have a habit in your life of seeking God, don't throw it in the drain just because the rest of your life feels like it's in the drain. You know, when we read through the Psalms, that was part of the beauty and the glory of David's life. He had a, he had a habit, right? As a kid, he developed a habit of singing songs to God and of having, uh, having a relationship with God. Well, (laughs) That was tested uh, many times, you know, to the point of where Saul's trying to kill him and he's got armies surrounding him and things that I've never experienced. And he didn't throw it, you know, he didn't throw in the towel of his core, uh, his core habits. So one would be stick to the thing. So let me, let me just be ultra practical. If you are a person that is more inclined to be a, a studier, like of the Bible, then I would say, in the low times, you stick with your guns. And if you're able to supplement that with uh, worship and uh, prayer, um, uh, you know, fill in the blank, great. But at least start with the thing that you know is reliable. Or maybe you're a person that uh, it really connects with God through worship. Don't throw that away during such a season, but rather you stick to what historically, because because that is a place where you have developed a history in God, meaning that is a place that you can go to and find victory and find freedom. And so you start with what you know and what with what God has developed in you and the type of person that you are, and then you build from there. But don't throw it. You know, I've seen it happen over different times. People will just throw the baby out with the bathwater and be like, none of this works. You're like, yeah. what are you talking about? You just feel like it's not working. But actually, if you would stick with it in those historic places that God has met, met with you, and that would be my second one. You know, you hear people talk about at different times. Um, fighting with the, uh, and actually Paul says this to Timothy, uh, wage the good warfare with the prophecies spoken yeah. about you. And so um, 
go back to, I would actually encourage, this would be a great time to accumulate the different words yeah. that have spoken, because you probably have some that are stored on your phone. You probably have some that are in some journals and you probably have some that are in your computer. This would be a great time to get those all together. And then whichever one makes the most sense for you, if you're a paper person or if you're an electronic person, you put those, you, here's, here's a good word. You warehouse those in one place yeah. so that you can go to those things. And then this would be an ideal season to, you could even do, I guarantee you have time in the season to do this. You could daily go through and just read those things out and doesn't have to have any emotional connect to to your heart something will be happening in the spirit as yeah, you do that okay. so uh, to review no so number one or go in reverse order you want a warehouse you want to fight with those prophetic words that have been spoken over uh, your life even from an early age you could even you know if you were raised in a, a family of faith you could even reach out to parents and be like hey was there anything spoken over me that i you know need to be aware of um, uh, stick with that core, um, habit. Uh, and, and I think I would, I think I'll leave the listeners today with those. I think those would be two solid practices really where people could really get started. Good. Thanks. Uh, one last, one last practical question, uh, for you before we end. So you, yeah. back, circling back to the beginning, um, you said you learned to be an initiator and that that was a big yeah. piece in coming out of the loneliness or at least finding Jesus within the loneliness. Um, yes. So how in this, in this season of life where uh, we are literally quarantined um, to our homes most of the time, most of us, how can we be initiators right. of relationship in this time? That's great. Uh, and I, th I think that's it's such a such a big key. And, you know, some people will hear you say that, ask that question and will be like, I don't, I'm not going to do that. You know, I'm not. That's not who I am. Listen, listen, guys, that is not who I was either, you know, uh, at all. But it was here's what it was. Desperation drove me to initiation. And I, I'm going to coin that's that good. phrase because really I like good. how that sounded. You know, it, I was just so, and so if you connect with me on that, I think you'd be willing to do just about anything. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what that looked like was I was willing to look like a fool or I was willing to be rejected or I was willing to be ignored or I was willing to, um, uh, you know, not have an outcome, be okay, not having an out, my ideal yeah. outcome. And so I would literally during those times, I would just try to find someone that, that I'm, I'll end with one story because I think this is a good story. So I wanted after I was, you know, starting to read the Bible, et cetera, I was really wanting to learn how mm. to pray. My problem was I didn't pray. And my problem was I didn't know any. I'm sure I knew them. I just wasn't aware of which friends that I had that were actually people right. that prayed. So. Uh, what I did is I found an organization uh, during that time of depression, and it was called Prayer. And I showed up to this little room, and it was one person. And I I said, uh, is this the group that um, prays? <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, well, and so it was, it was just this one guy. But you know what? I initiate, so I initiated by going, and then I initiated, I followed up by saying, well, hey, could you teach me to pray? Mm -hmm. And yeah, so we good. met uh, like once a week and, uh, it was awkward, but it was, it was fruitful. It helped me learn to that's pray. That's great. Jordan, thank you so much 
for being um, here this this afternoon and helping me um, gain some insights into what to do when we're lonely. And listeners, thank you for Absolutely. thank you for listening today. Uh, join us next time as we continue to find freedom and strength in our relationships with God, family, and others. I'm your host, Ted Peabody, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.